Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 9 of Genesis chapter 6. We're going to be reading verses 5 and 6. Genesis 6, verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented Jehovah that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Here in verse 5, God is showing that he is able to know the thoughts or the imagination of the thoughts of man's heart. And when God looked down upon the people of the world in the time before the flood, his assessment of the spiritual condition of man, of what was going on inside of man. This, uh, this was an inner assessment. It, it was an inner recognition from God, an evaluation of what was taking place within the heart, within the mind, within the soul of mankind, the ones that he had created in his image and were responsible to obey him, to keep his commandments, and God saw that uh, the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And the the word wickedness is found in um, Joel chapter 3, where the Lord is speaking of the final judgment of mankind that comes at the end of the world, the time we're living in. And he says in verse 12, Let the heathen be wakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full. The fats overflow, for their wickedness is great multitudes multitudes in the valley of decision for the day of Jehovah's near in the valley of decision so here God is coming up with the same assessment at the time of the final judgment man's wickedness is great that's what he says in Genesis 6 in verse 5 when uh, again, it's uh, 120 years before the flood, which would be uh, 5110 B.C. And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. No difference, no change from what the Lord saw over 7,000 years ago and what he sees at the time of the end of the world when he looks out upon the human race. Uh, Of course, that's 
a little amazing to us because we we know the world has increased multiplied iniquity it like never before in the history of the world and and also just the the fact that there are over 7 billion people on the face of the earth compared to the time prior to the flood when there was a couple a million a handful of million of people just just by sheer numbers it would be an enormous amount of more sin occurring at the time of the end of the world than at the time before the flood. And yet God says the same thing. Uh, he, he looked out, he saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And in Joel 3, verse 13, for their wickedness is great. And again, that passage without any question relates to the judgment that comes at the end of time. And the reason for this, this similar uh, assessment of all of the unsafe people of the world is because today in this evil, evil time when the church has fallen away and, and gone apostate, uh, when um, murder and, and mayhem and and all sorts of crime are as common as anything and and a time when homosexuality is not only accepted it's encouraged and pushed by many of the world's governments and and so forth and there's uh, gay marriage and a growing movement uh, for transgender issues and all these things are contrary to the teachings of the Word of God, the Bible, and, and therefore they are sinful. They are acts of rebellion against God, just like all the other transgressions of his law. And and so we, we see this enormous uh, move of man transgressing the law of God, and of course it, it would just dwarf anything from previous history especially of the world of Noah's day that only had a, a few million people. We, we have uh, just multiple cities in the world that have way more than a few million people. And, and so the, it's an enormous population of sinners that inhabit the face of the earth. Why is God saying that the wickedness was great then and the wickedness is great at the end? Because God's looking upon the heart of man. And even during the time when man was constrained by the Spirit of God, when the Holy Spirit was actively working in the world to hold back, to restrain the natural sinful tendencies of mankind, even then... Man's heart was desperately wicked. You know, this verse really sums up man's true nature in Jeremiah 17, in verse 9. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart, that that's what 
is inside of mankind. It's synonymous with mind, with soul. It's that spiritual side of man that cannot be seen. The heart is deceitful above all things and mildly wicked. No, doesn't say that. Desperately wicked. Desperately wicked. You know, if you could pick a word, uh, uh, choose a word to, uh, to sort of emphasize and, and stress, um, just, just great wickedness, tremendous wickedness, desperately would, would be a good choice. God didn't say the heart is deceitful above all things and very wicked or greatly wicked, but desperately wicked. Just, just evil as evil can be. And who can know it? Well, man doesn't know it. Uh, we don't know deep down just how ugly and filthy and dirty and rotten we are as a sinner. But God knows it. God is able to search. As it says in Hebrews chapter 4, in verse 12, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So that all knowing gaze, that that intense look of God, uh, he casts that that gaze, he, he casts his eyes inwardly upon man. Man looks on the outward appearance, and we're often deceived by others through the outward countenance, through the appearance. We we find attractive people we, we tend to think are nice and kind because they look pleasant. And and yet deep down within they're desperately wicked. They're as ugly as anything can be. And yet, man's outer assessment of someone goodly, physically, we, we tend to think well of them. And, and so forth. We're easily deceived. God is not. God looks deep, deep within, and he sees the heart. Here's what God sees in Psalm 56. It says in verse 5, Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. Or in Proverbs 15, verse 26, The thoughts of the wicked are an abomination to Jehovah. But the words of the pure are pleasant words. Also in Isaiah 59, 
verses 7 and 8. It says there, Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. It, it doesn't uh, leave any any room for any other kind of thoughts. It, it It's an all-encompassing statement. Their thoughts. Man's thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. And we we look at people and and people speak and and reveal their thoughts and yes we we see sin we see iniquity but but we we don't see it constantly all the time with every word spoken yet God does God does not only with the word spoken sometimes the words spoken are not matching the condition of the heart as it says in Matthew 15 Beginning in verse 18, it says there, But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts. Well, that that's no wonder, is it? Because man's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So naturally, out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashing hands defileth not a man. So we, we can see that when God looks down upon mankind, at any time in history, since the fall uh, from Adam and Eve into sin, from that point at any time in history, all the way up to the flood, and then after the flood, as the world repopulated, and, and up to our present time, to, to the time of the end of the world, God sees only evil continually as he assesses the hearts of people that live upon the face of the earth. And and so uh, that that's why our time or our day is different from past times and past generations and past days in only one regard. Man's heart has not changed today. That is, man is not more evil in heart today than he was before the flood or than he was a hundred years ago. No, no, man is not more evil today, even though we might think that because we see man commit more evil, say more evil, do more evil, and, and so forth, just, just, uh, often today unspeakable evil and about as dark and and filthy uh things that that anyone could ever imagine uh, yes man is 
involved and in committing, in displaying, in showing forth evil like never before in history. But the difference is not the heart. Actually, what God has done in lifting his hand of restraint is to finally at the end show the true nature of mankind more and more. That's what we're seeing today. We're, we're seeing what has always been the case for the sinner, the, the man who has uh, rebelled against God, shaken his puny little fist at God and said, I'm going to do it my way. And, and yet again, in past history, there was constraints in society and in the churches and constraints of the Spirit of God holding back sin, suppressing sin to a large degree in the world so that the the world could function. It, man was desperately wicked, had a deceitful heart above all things, and, and was doing only evil continually in his heart. Yet outwardly, there was a certain level of submission to uh, laws of government, laws of church, and, and so forth. Now, though, and, and it started with the loosing of Satan back in 1988. That's when we entered into the end phase of Earth's history, the time of the Great Tribulation. God loosed Satan, and he went into the church, and so we see just uh, multiplication of sin within the congregations. And Satan also received a, a greater role in ruling the world, his kingdom of darkness. And and so the world felt um, as though chains fell off or its constraints were lifted, and they were. And so they have been actively showing forth and and demonstrating to all this is... What lies within the heart of man? That, that's really what we're seeing. We're, we're seeing not more evil people, but we're seeing, um, an actual representation of the evil heart that has always resided within the sinner. And now at the end, God is showing the true situation of the ugly heart of man for all to see. And, and, and so it, it is, uh, something that's been kept and, um, held back and, and man could think he was good and, and people might think that they were improving. And there was talk of that just decades ago of man making moral progress, there is no more talk of that because it's become too obvious. Man is wicked. No one argues that. Man is evil. And and so we see the 
terrible and, and ugly things that man is doing outwardly in the world and, and we are just the, the souls of the true people of God are vexed and grieved and, and we shake our heads. How can people do such things in, in the murders and, and the other activities and, and the ugly way they're, they're being committed? And yet, it's always been the nature of the sinner. It's always been the nature of the sinner. Of course, we would prefer that God's Spirit was still restraining sin in in the hearts and minds of evil men, and and that they were held back from these things. But that's not God's plan. God's plan is to allow it to come forth, allow it to be seen, and that's why he tells us in Romans chapter 1 that uh, the this will be the things that are in evidence. In Romans 1, he says, um, well, it, it's a lot to read, so I'll start reading in verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Sin, sin, sin. You see how God has given man up. He's given man over to a reprobate mind to do these things. And and uh, I just read Romans 1 from the Bible, but that is basically the framework for every newspaper we read today, for all the news broadcasts that tell us all the the daily filthy deeds that are done all across the earth. It is a release of the inner, desperately wicked heart into sight so that that which is always been inside man now 
is being seen on man's outside through his words and his actions, his evil deeds. And so when we look at the things that are going on in the earth, in in all the nations of the world, without exception today, and we shake our head, and it, it, it's a feeling of disgust sometimes. It it's so black and so dark. It, it's so bad when man takes something good and calls it evil, and when man takes something evil and calls it good, and and we see this because God has given a certain few His elect eyes to see and ears to hear, and a mind to know the the actual uh, spiritual situation. And so when God's people see this, we we see just a horrible ugliness that that has descended all over the face of the earth. And what we're seeing is not the full depths of the evil heart of man. Oh, uh, may may God prevent that. We're not seeing the full desperate wickedness that is within the sinner because it it's just so evil that there could be no more functioning in the world. Man would simply devour his fellow man and there would be no... Uh, no limit, no, no stopping uh, the, the evil. Uh, and, and so in order for a 24 hour day and the, the world to continue, the Lord has not completely lifted his restraint, but it has been a gradual progression, a partial lifting as we continue on more and more, more and more. We're, we're seeing the heart reveal itself. And, and no wonder God says in Isaiah 55, and of course the, the tragedy is that God is no longer uh, working to do this. But in Isaiah 55, he says, and it's conditioned with verse 6, Seek ye Jehovah while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. And, and that's a time reference indicating during the day of salvation, which is now past. Then in verse 7, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto Jehovah, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You see, God is uh, putting his finger on the problem. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts. But it's the thoughts that are flowing forth out of his heart. Evil thoughts. Desperately wicked thoughts. Only evil continually thoughts. And so how can he forsake them? The only way is for God to perform a heart transplant. As he says in Ezekiel 36, in um, verse 24, For I will take you from among the heathen, 
and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. God is indicating that the one he saves has that evil heart removed, that desperate wickedness taken out of them, only evil continually, that's 100%, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, evil being committed by the natural heart of a sinner, but it's removed, it's a heart transplant, and a new heart, A man after my own heart, God said to David. It's the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. A perfect heart. A clean heart without sin. No more evil resides in the heart of the child of God. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.